Yes, hello, Tyler C. Riley here. Before we start, just wanted to remind everyone of Bizarre Plus, our membership program where you can get extra episodes every week. Just simply go to the link in the show notes. It's Sports Bizarre. Welcome aboard, everyone. Anyone isn't happy, we call it all off immediately. The hunt for the weirdest. There you go. Can you put out a fact sheet with this? <laughs> you blow my mind. I don't. I can't <laughs> keep up. Strangers. Catastrophic, amazing, bizarre. Multiple layers of stupidity coming together. What could go wrong? Most unbelievable. It's like a Coen Brothers movie. Stories to ever occur. They're only going to get weirder from here. Get comfy, everyone. Some good, some bad. And some just bizarre, which we love. In the world of sport. How many chimneys could you do in a day? I've researched the tool. To France, not Sports bizarre. Right, police are called in. <laughs> Dennis Rodman is telling you to calm down. Testicle soup. Can I just stop you for a second? Don't act like you've never done this. I feel like once again we've strayed away from what I've researched. It's time for the leaders of the hunt. An old couple who've got our spark back. <laughs> it's Titus O'Reilly and Mick Malloy. Welcome to the latest edition of Sports Bizarre with uh, myself, Mick Malloy, and of course. Titus O'Reilly, I was going to say doing all the heavy lifting, as you normally do, but if you'd have told me weeks ago that we would get to our third episode on table tennis, <laughs> a.k.a. ping pong, if I'm legally allowed or to even use the term, uh, I would have said you were bonkers. But here we are. So what is the context for today's episode? Well, we've covered, and if people, hopefully they've heard the two before this, but oh, yeah. I argued that Table tennis has had the most impact on history and politics of any sport. But right. you were very sceptical. I quite rightly burst out laughing <laughs> at the suggestion. But I've been proved wrong. We've covered all up to the 1970s where we actually had Richard Nixon <laughs> and Chairman uh, Mao using table tennis for it, diplomatic missions. It's insane the tentacles, yeah. the links, table tennis has so penetrated. we've got up to that and now we're going to move up to bringing everyone up to speed on as I'm sure they've always wanted to know, where table tennis is now. Where it sits in the sports firmament today. Yeah, and part of it is a story I remember finding a Mm. while ago that blew my mind and got me interested (laughs) in table tennis, which is when it comes to table tennis, you don't think of it as a dangerous sport. I wouldn't have thought so. I would have thought that's a soft option. It's indoors. (laughs) Yeah. There's not a lot to it. I mean, apart from maybe drinking too much (laughs) while playing or something. Beer pong could be dangerous, but... Table tennis as such, fairly harmless, one would have thought. So I was surprised to learn what I'm about to tell you, Mm. which is a practice in table tennis that you really can't believe. Yeah. So it all starts in 978. So this is not long after Nixon and Mao have had their diplomatic meetings around yes. table tennis and everything. Who's so reigning the world? Is it China? China still is China reigns Japan? the world. They're still big, but they're not as big as China is by this stage. They win every gold medal. So the they needle has swung because, yeah. as we said, another game the English have invented that they've lost. That they've lost that. To, to soccer, to cricket. Yeah. They're no longer the best. And my understanding of table tennis ping pong was always that it was a Asian sport. Yeah. But up until 1950, it was the Europeans and the Brits. So we're in the truly modern era now. Truly modern. 19, so 1978, there was a Hungarian player called Tibor Klampa who was a very good professional table tennis player. Yes. Yeah, you're probably already familiar with him. I don't know why I even have to explain this. <laughs> Tibor? <laughs> Tibor Clamper. Now, he had very one, but he was training with his brother one day. Hmm. And they're playing away, and he's playing terribly. 
Yes. Like his brother's playing well, he's not playing well, and he's getting very frustrated. So he does what in table tennis is the equivalent of sort of like a strings change on your racket yes. or a pit stop, you know, to yeah. try and fix your equipment. So he ripped off the rubber on his paddle yes, and replaced it with a new one. And this is what they often do, better grip. Yeah. That keeps playing and it's not going well again. And he's like, I'm just going to go back to the early one. So he rips that off, that off, gets some glue because they have to glue it on yep. and glues it on. So the new one he's put on is all wet from the glue. And so he starts playing. And this time when he hit the ball, it makes this clicking sound. He thinks that's odd. And he'd stumbled on by complete accident this amazing thing of chemistry. So he said, I noticed that my original rubber had suddenly become much more effective. I was getting greater spin and speed in my strokes. I immediately realized that this had something to do with the glue. And from that moment on, I began gluing before every training session and before every match. On some occasions, I'd be doing it six times a day. Regluing. Regluing. So what he'd stumbled on was this chemical process. These glues, while fresh and wet yes. and the chemicals are all in it, it expands the rubber. And he says it was as if he'd won the jackpot because what it does is they enter the rubber and they expand it equally in all directions. It gives better grip when you strike the ball. It's on a small level but a, a larger surface area. And so what it means is you get 30% more spin yeah. and 30% more speed. That's a big... Percentage. Huge. When you're talking about elite sports, yeah. a 30% advantage in anything. Yeah, they're all driving like a over. normal car and he's in an F1. <laughs> That's what it's like. Is this only at the top level that would make a difference? Well, or if I'm down the beach house with my drunk no, uncle, it would make a difference. I can still boot him. It would make a difference. And when you get it right, it gives this clicking sound because the rubber's so taut that yes. it gives this clicking sound. And so... He started to do it and play it in competitive thing, and he's going really well. And word spreads of what he's discovered. So yeah. soon, every single table tennis player <laughs> is gluing before the match. They keep the, the wetter it. it is and everything. Yeah. But and we're not talking clag here, are we? No, we're, we're talking. <laughs> it's not a yoo-hoo stick. It's <laughs> well, this is what they start to uh. realize, right? The more volatile the chemicals in the glue. <laughs> <laughs> the better it does it. Okay. So you want glue like potent yeah. industrial strength yeah. glue. So they were using stuff with benzene, octane in it. These are the glues that people use for glue sniffing to get high. Okay. So suddenly you've got this happening everywhere and they're finding out the more toxic the glue is, the better it makes you play. Right. So suddenly you've got every professional table tennis player in the world, the top ones, flying around. This is in the 70s in planes it's, and in their carry-on is all these highly flammable solvents. <laughs> You'd never get away with it. I'd rather sit next to a shoe bomber. <laughs> That's right. Uh, than a table tennis player. And also they're travelling on that, but then they would spend before tournaments hours in their hotel room gluing these paddles <laughs> with these wow. highly toxic potent glues, right? Does that have to wear like masks? It's like, it's like a well, meth lab. At the, at, we'll like, get to that. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> at the start, they're just like going, yeah. well, this is fine. Every single top-level table tennis equipment store starts selling more glue than a hardware store. <laughs> right? like Something's up. Yeah. And even young players start to hear of this, like, you know, right. the juniors, and they start doing it too. So suddenly you've got every table tennis player in the world yeah. inhaling enormous amounts of the glue that to gets get you high advantage. to get the advantage right. It was so widespread that the International Table Tennis Federation think, should we ban this? Is this a bad thing? Yeah. 
They had an incident at the Scottish Championships <laughs> in the 90s. Yes. Where one player knocked over their can of glue and the vapors caused another player to collapse unconscious. <laughs> okay, it's time to step in. Someone passed out in yep. the middle of a table. This is how this. strong the glues are. When this I said you wouldn't think it was dangerous. I can't believe it. <laughs> so they're all wandering around doing that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they're just going, well, this is not a good idea. So the ITTF decide we've got to do something. That, that they go, well, let's do some scientific research into see how harmful these glues are. Yeah. Right. Which you wouldn't think they really need to do, right? No. Like if people are getting high on these glues, you don't, but anyway. Yeah. For I think, recreational purposes, yeah. I smell a rat. So they did this thing and it came out that the guy called Christian Palloon, he's a physician with the French national team. He did the research and he delivered a report and it was quite a scary report. So it actually said, it has been proven beyond doubt that inhaling solvents during the speed gluing process has side effects. The trainers must ask themselves whether they really can be answerable for allowing 11 to 13-year-olds to speed glue. <laughs> So it said it endangers a person's oh. nervous system. It gives you headaches, concentration problems, and poor awareness. He recommends that anyone gluing their paddle should wear a gas mask. There you go. It is breaking bad. But you picked this up in two seconds. It took them 12 years. <laughs> and the minute someone passes out at a table tennis tournament, yeah, you know, that's a royal commission. They all go out to army disposal stores and buy old gas masks, some dating back to World War One. <laughs> <laughs> For training purposes. For training, right? A table tennis shop in Japan gets raided by police <laughs> because teenagers that want to sniff glue realise it's easier to get it from oh. the table tennis shop than the hardware shop because the hardware shop won't sell it to them. We have no glue on the premises, <laughs> says table tennis shop. Because it is literally, so the police are raiding places. Wow. So this is not going very well. Another report comes out that says the chemicals used are linked to cancer as well. Okay. So, so suddenly the IDF have got, you're basically getting kids high on glue. You're having shops raided. <laughs> you're having shops raided. <laughs> They're doing it in planes and all sorts of things. It's a seedy world. You wouldn't expect this, right? This is Tour de France level kind yeah, of nonsense. Absolutely it is. So they announced in January 1993 that speed gluing, as it's become known, is banned. So the response from the players is not exactly what you'd expect. They're furious. <laughs> They're cranky yeah. and withdrawing, <laughs> yeah. which, which makes them particularly dangerous. That's right. It's like arguing with a bunch of drug addicts. You've got to stop it. Like it's not like the normal stuff. Someone's going to get stabbed at that meeting. Where's me glue? <laughs> Stab. So the players say, this is ridiculous. How can you enforce it? How do you know what glue everyone's using, mm. right? Like you can't measure it and all this. They're saying this is ridiculous. It's going to turn what is currently a legal practice into an illegal one and we're all going to be guilty. And you right. can't even really enforce it. And so they really kick up. So, well, you can enforce it, but if you, at the end of a tournament, you have to hand in your bat. Well, they didn't have the. Tested. They have to use glues to glue the rubbers on. It's just the. Get some that. are using the ones that are like. Or yeah, we'll get it down to forensics. You, well, you get your bat. In the 90s, they didn't have the equipment that could actually do that. So they're like, how do you actually. They do later, but they don't at this point. So the ITFF, who was trying to get these players and say, we want, us, want you to stop having cancer and brain damage, yes. the players go, we're not doing it. So the ITF backflips just two months later and overturns the ban and says, oh, you can keep going. Don't worry about it then. An overturning of a ban in sport is always a dangerous <laughs> yeah. thing. Do you remember 
Remember it was at ice hockey when they banned fighting and no one went? Yeah. And then they had to put it back in. The minute you have to recant in oh. sport, you, you've lost. Well, the, there was a famous one in a, one of the states here in Australia, in South Australia. They banned betting on horse racing. Yes. The government said people will still go. They'll yeah. love it. Yeah. How'd that go? It died overnight. <laughs> <laughs> like literally overnight, like no one went. It just died. Every yeah. the races went being run about a week later. Okay, so they've reversed their decision. They've reversed it's now. It. It's back to a free for all glue fest. Well, they passed some rules, thinking, well, let's approve certain glues. But once again, they can't test. Yeah. But they said, so let's approve one. So they find some that are, in their own words, not quite as toxic. So it's not like these are good glues. They're yeah, just sure. they're just not like it won't you know, kill you. Put you in a coma, but it won't kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so because it wasn't banned, it becomes even more frequent because this has drawn attention to it. Yes. So now everyone knows that it can mm. to the point where at tournaments there would be an official gluing room <laughs> with ventilation systems built into it. Oh where are they? They're still in the gluing room. <laughs> Been there for hours. So they would literally have to have rooms with extra ventilation so we could go glue before a tournament. Yes. You know, like there's no other sport this is happening. No, that's in, right. right. It also was starting to make it look bad though. There was a well-known Swedish player, Stellan Bengerson, and they said, in my local club in Falkenberg on the west coast of Sweden, the top players held their training sessions directly after the beginners. So these are like kids that are six, yeah. right? So when the parents came into the changing room to collect their youngsters, they saw a dozen guys in tracksuits wearing gas masks. <laughs> the, be- okay. the bewildered parents thought they'd opened the wrong door and had stumbled into a chemical warfare defence exercise. <laughs> Come on, Tommy, let's get out of here. <laughs> so that is hilarious. I mean, I just love the idea of that scene. Imagine walking in to pick up your kids and there's just 12 guys sitting there in gas masks. Down the Table Tennis Academy. <laughs> Finally, in 2004, the uh, ITTF banned all solvents in paddle glue. So they said, you've got to have water-based ones, you can't use them. And again, can they, at this stage, can they test? Do well, they know? Can they the, enforce The players it? protest, but they're finally testing machines had been introduced. They break down the chemicals into ions under ultraviolet rays yes. in, of the thing, and they give a reading of what glues have gotcha. been. So finally, they've the got them. Up. In a way, because these are expensive, these machines. You can have them at the Olympics and maybe the so World Championship. for the top but, tier, you got to play by the rules. And even that, not all the tournaments, if, just but, the big ones. But if you're a table tennis shark <laughs> and you're trying to make some money on the, the amateur on the... circuit, okay, <laughs> let uh, it rip. Be honest, are you going to go home and try this? Oh, totally. <laughs> I always thought the biggest advantage was do you go for the smooth skin yeah, yeah. Or, the, or the rippled skin? Yeah, but no, it's you the know, glue underneath. No, it's the glue. Yeah, because uh, usually one side that's flat, it's anti-spin and the other one does spin, so you can flip the side. In fact, they made them have to be different colours because if they were the same colour, people couldn't tell what side of the bat you were using and it made it almost table tennis impossible, impossible to play. too hard. So in response to these new things, a new market springs up for things called boosters, which is substitute glue products that would get you through the testing machines but still had all the problems of the earlier ones. Oh, my God. So it's not glue as such. It's it's different types of chemicals basically, right, so that they try and use to get through it. Right. But these turn out to have their own problems. One Japanese player used them, suffered a serious reaction, had to be rushed to the hospital. What, what was his reaction? Then? He had like a neurotoxin reaction because these are all chemicals you're not – you know, there's a reason. He started hallucinating. <laughs> thought he was being attacked by a bear. <laughs> it's just so. These are the the other problem is these boosters. They work so well 
that they expand the rubber a lot bigger than a table tennis bat is allowed to be. They've got to be four millimetres and this would go beyond that. And if you have a 0.2 millimetre difference in the rubber size, that's a massive advantage to a professional, right? So this is all happening. In 2008, they took it a step further. They ban everything that doesn't just use water-based glue. So Mm. clag, basically. (laughs) Glue that your kids can eat. Double-sided tape. That's all you get. That's all you get. Now, the thing about that is they banned all of them. They bought better detectors for the London 2012 Olympics is when they start to get really serious. But the problem is it just creates an arms race of those who can create a glue that will get through these testing machines. Yes. And the testing machines keep having to be invested in to catch the new glues coming in. And this continues on to this day. Cat and mouse. In 2008, one of the former uh, world number one, Timo Boll, said 80% of international players were still practicing some form of speed gluing. So you know what they should do? Here's my idea. So you know how you have to keep B samples forever? Yeah. So because eventually they can go back historically once they work out the technology yeah. and go, well, we're going to retest that now using current technology. Sorry, you were found to have been cheating. They should keep all the bats yeah. in like a locker. <laughs> so as the technology shifts and they get a new sense of solvent, they can get the bat from the 1988 yeah. Los Angeles Olympics winner yeah. and go, no, your bat has Tested positive <laughs> to solvent. Remember this happened in the Tour de France and when we covered that that issue that they kept all the urine samples. Correct. And all those riders who they thought were clean Turned at the out time, they all, they all had it. Like, Imagine so, working at that laboratory. <laughs> just where they just open it up and it's like a library full of urine samples. We have to do this. It's at like a wine point. tasting. Not tasting, but you, <laughs> go, you can go through and... Let's get a – they've got the 1977 vintage here from the Pyrenees. <laughs> the Would you Pyrenees. like to check something from the Pyrenees? Because, <laughs> you know, we have to do this in an episode, but at the Sochi Olympics, the Russians created a library of clean urine samples from all their athletes that they could swap out. Are you suggesting that the Russians may have cheated? They may have been dodgy. We'll have to do that as an episode, but I just love that. They literally had, like, you know, a wine cellar for urine <laughs> I don't quite get Sochi. It was it was a snow-capped mountain but on a beach. Yeah. Owned by Putin. It was Stalin's favourite beachside resort. Yeah, good stuff. So it's the only subtropical area in Russia, so that's where they had their Winter Olympics. <laughs> All right. So even then the uh, president of the ITF says to this day, the fact is at this moment there is no testing method to detect most of these things. So next time you go, if you ever go and watch a table tennis thing, well, Wear a gas mask. Next time I go down the beach house, I'd be on a three-day bender just playing <laughs> table tennis. You could go out, you go to the pub or get a good mate and just play table tennis for three days. You'll be off chops. So this is all going on. But while this is happening, the Chinese keep winning everything. So there was a brief period uh, around 89, 91 and 93 where Sweden rise to the top. The Swedes. The Swedes rise to the top. I there was they'd a, be outdoors on the Alps or, I know. Uh, you know, taking advantage of – I don't associate the Swedes. It's not one that leaps out to you, it's right? a powerhouse in the table tennis. Yeah. So there was a guy called Jan Ove Waldner and he is seen as potentially the greatest table tennis player of all time. Shut up. And really? The, he's a huge star in China. And that's about it. Well, if you're big in China. <laughs> it's enough people. 
So they start winning a lot, but the Chinese, they basically win. I think it's out of something like 55 gold medals. They've won 48 of them yeah. since, you know, the sort of 88 when it became a, an Olympic sport. Yeah. Chinese table tennis players are huge celebrities in the modern day. So right. they drive around in like Ferraris. They have flamboyant lifestyles. They're they in table tennis coin. Yeah. They're in gossip magazines <laughs> in China. They're like, I'm dating a table tennis player. Yeah, it's oh, like wow. dating Harry Styles. <laughs> They're like, a Chinese Harry Styles. Yeah, they have huge salaries. One group of players on the national Chinese team made a hip-hop video. <laughs> one of them wow. raps. So was it, was it, there's people twerking. Yeah, one of them, they rap about table tennis. This is a big hit in China. He raps, I hit a round of head-on smashes, three big shots, pow, pow, pow. I mean, it's the... <laughs> pow, pow, pow. <laughs> Some of the Chinese ping pong players, because now, you know, it's a long way on from, this is sort of getting into these days, it's yeah. a long way away from the cultural revolution and all the stuff we saw with Mao. It's yeah. a more, you know, rich society and stuff. What happens with all sports stars when you start giving them a lot of money? Yeah. They start behaving like brats. Badly. Yeah. They start smashing their rackets like tennis players. Yeah, well, do they, it, can you do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. starts. There's a guy called Kong Ling Ji. He won the gold medal in the men's singles at Sydney yeah. 2000 Olympics. And he then crashed his white Porsche Carrera into a taxi after a late night of heavy drinking and playing mahjong. Did they test him for, <laughs> for speed glue? For glue? He's a notorious gambler who's rumoured to have lost $20,000 in a single hand of blackjack. Wow. Which is a fair effort. Fair, good on him. Um, you're at the top of the table tennis tray. You can, you you can, can do, do these that. things, right? There was another guy, Nothing um, to him. Chen Kui, who lost his temper during a match and he kicked a chair into the air after losing the men's finals at the Asian <laughs> Cup. So like smashing your record. He's like the John McEnroe. Can you get a, Can you be faulted by the umpire? Yeah, but listen to this. Imagine if they did this to tennis players, right? Imagine right. this happening to Bernard Tomek or yeah. Nick Curios, right? He kicked the chair. That was all he really did, right? He was forced to apologise on television. He said, I lost the match and my sportsmanship. I create a terrible international impression. His coaches sent him to a village where he was forced to weed a cucumber patch while a crowd gathered around him and shouted <laughs> advice. <laughs> and let that be a lesson to you. Now tell me that wouldn't sort out a Nick Kyrgios. In a, in a cucumber <laughs> patch. <laughs> but imagine the fun of saying, hey, do you want to go down? We're allowed to shout advice. At Nick Kyrgios as he weeds a cucumber patch. I mean, no, what a sport. That's in a itself. sobering moment for any sports. Player, <laughs> I reckon. The thing about that is. Don't send me down the cucumber patch again. <laughs> Not the. <laughs> if we ever get in trouble in this podcast, that'll be what Tell we'll me to do. discipline my boys. <laughs> All right, Fred. It's none of this go to your room, go to the cucumber patch. <laughs> Have a think about it. And then you're going to eat those cucumbers. <laughs> that would be the great punishment. Another one of the top stars, Wang Hao, he played for a long time and he got the world number one spot eventually. Hmm. The officials rewarded with him with the right to have a girlfriend. So up to that point, he hadn't oh. been allowed to have a girlfriend. <laughs> so, but that's an incentive, right? That is a that massive was. incentive. They said he was 25 and they said he could date another athlete had a ban on romance that was announced in the papers five years Incredible. before. He was also at the 2000 Olympics. He had an angry confrontation with a security guard at a karaoke club 
during which <laughs> they were listening to his rap song at the time. <laughs> He's trying to do it. Yeah. He reportedly shouted at the bouncer. Yes. This is a great scene. I am the famous Wang Hao. <laughs> I am the world champion. Does it matter if I beat you? Wow. That beat him like physically. I think squaring up to a bouncer and yelling, I am the famous Wang Hao yeah. is kind of. I don't know how impressive that is. Now, there's no word if he got sent to the cucumber patch. It's <laughs> <laughs> full then. So now what they're doing, the whole focus of table tennis's rules is to stop the Chinese being good at it because right. they dominate the sport to the extent that it's just almost unfair. So for the Olympics, the London Games, they brought in a rule that only two players from one nation can enter the singles. Because every other time, It'll China be, won the gold, silver, and bronze every time. So they said you can only enter two players, so you can win gold and silver, but someone else gets to have the bronze. There'll be someone else on that podium. There'll be another nation represented <laughs> yeah, on that another podium. Another nation. Now, yeah. that you'd think that would fix it, right, if mm. you had only two from China. You, yeah. They could only win the silver and the gold, right? Yes. Which makes the bronze even more of a consolation prize right. than it's ever been. The problem with this is, They've got so many good players, at least 44 table tennis players in Rio Olympics were Chinese-born, but only six of them uh, played for China. So they defected to they def other they, countries? Yeah, or they can't get a go at China, but they're so good, they go to other countries. So even though it might be gold, silver, or bronze is not all officially China, whoever's the, the, of it are, whoever's is the bronze is really Chinese. <laughs> This is how good. So they've now banned how many foreign-born players you can have right. play for you to stop the Chinese. Because basically, in the top 50, it's almost all Chinese. Sure. They bat that deep, you know. That's how good yeah. they are. They also have brought in rules to make it harder for the Chinese. One of them is they brought in a bigger ball to slow the game down because the Chinese play too fast. How big was the ball? It was like millimetres difference. It wasn't like a beach ball introduced. Has the ball technology changed at all? Not a lot. The, it's still yeah. the cellulose, you know, thing. But they've mucked around with the size to go, let's make the ball slower in the air mm. so the Chinese don't win everything. What about Powerball? Can you use the Powerball? <laughs> Could you bring it out? I don't know. I just table tennis balls. Now, the thing about this is in China, table tennis is actually a bit on the decline. So increasingly with young people, you're seeing them wear a NBA shirt or a Manchester United top. They're into sure. soccer and basketball yeah. are on the rise now, now that the West is so yes. popular with their sports and stuff. So it's becoming seen as an old person's sport. Yeah, so in the heartland of table tennis now, it's actually like squash. declining. Yeah, it's a bit like, you know, your dad plays it, you don't play yeah. it. That doesn't mean that one thing that actually changed table tennis's popularity was COVID. So when COVID hit, you know, NFL, uh, of course. everything, NFL, soccer, AFL, NRL, all gets banned. And so suddenly what happens is they work out that because the size of a table tennis table, that's distance enough that you can keep playing in many countries. Yeah, I guess. So the betting markets take off in COVID because everyone's <laughs> sitting at home and there's nothing to bet on. Across the whole world, the Moscow Liga Pro, which is a table tennis tournament, and the Ukraine Setka Cup, this is obviously before the war, yes. they suddenly have hundreds of millions of dollars of betting come pouring in. 
Wow. <laughs> just spend because um, you I can, mean, because we know the Chinese like a bet. They so, love a bet. So you start betting on table tennis, you know, you're blowing my head off now. So they were all betting and it was like, so what actually happened is they set up in Ukraine, said they nakedly timed to meet betting peak times in various parts of the world. So they would play games and it would be like the 2020-03-14, so March 14 in 2020, it would say Men's Morning Australia. So it's like aimed at, oh, the Australia's come online, we'll put a match on so they can bet. And then they'd have a men's evening Africa game for all of Africa. And then they'd have a men's evening Europe game. And they were all just set up to wow. purely do the for, betting. For gambling thing. purposes. Yeah. So it was all these. To the point where there was a guy called Adam Green, who's a world-renowned former professional player, who is a uh, Australian. And he got arrested in Australia because they believed he was the mastermind behind predetermined table tennis matches in the Ukraine. <laughs> There's no word of Putin invaded because oh. he lost the bet on the Ukraine match, but they've tied him, New South Wales. Not with setting up games, though, not like rigging yeah, them. Yeah, rigging them. Predetermined. So they would do predetermined, they would set up predetermined who was going to be the winner, play them online, have all the betting coming on it. And they would manipulate the odds and they would put bets on. Just a dark stain on the noble sport <laughs> of table tennis. So they, he was doing that. They reckon he made at least half a million dollars doing this. He's running these games in the Ukraine from his Newcastle home. <laughs> He'll be crashing his Maserati on the way home from a nightclub. <laughs> exactly. He's been ar arrested. Yeah, he's been arrested and charged. Yeah, well, he's down the cucumber patch. Hasn't Yeah. <laughs> He's going to do a lot of time in the cucumber patch. <laughs> also had the New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement. They also then stepped in and banned all betting on table tennis. Okay, if you have a gaming division <laughs> that's devoted to monitoring table tennis, it's gone too far. And if the people of New Jersey are going, this is yeah. a bit dodgy. <laughs> If they go, n enough, enough. <laughs> That's great. And so that brings us up to date with table tennis. Table tennis now continues on. What's the future? More toxins? They're trying to keep it popular in China, but it is this amazing thing of gluing <laughs> communism. Well, as I said to you in a previous episode, to me, the only way to get an advantage while you're playing table tennis should be to get there early and get the good back. <laughs> Anything else above that is dodgy. <laughs> Titus, you've done it again. Is that the end of that, our table tennis be, discussions? I Are think we, that might be the end forever on table tennis. We're going to park it unless one of our listeners out there reckons we've left something, some stone unturned. Thank you, sir. If you want more Sports Bazaar, simply go to any of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. We've got the whole lot. And we also have Bazaar Plus, our membership program, where you can get even more content. A link to that is just in the show notes.